Listener Production. G'day. G'day. It is Thursday, the 2nd of November. It is currently 1.05pm, and I'm just wandering out into the middle of the Wankiti Stadium here in Mumbai. And the scene, I'm talking as close to the phone for you as I can because the noise around here, it's like there's two minutes to go in the AFL Grand Final. So the stadium here at Wankiti seats... 32,000 have just unveiled a statue yesterday in celebration of today of the great Sachin Tendulkar, Mumbai local. Uh, a big bronze statue of him. But the stadium, best way to describe it, it's a very high stadium. So when you're out in the middle where I am now, it, it almost is on top of you. Like the top deck, you can almost put your hand up and reach. But the reason that the pulsating atmosphere is here is because India is playing today. They are taking on Sri Lanka. When I saw this game in the roster, I thought they'd made a mistake they'd put me on it. But I've somehow snagged an India game and it's full on. Like I've done the IPL games in India, but it's nothing like this Indian national team. So, you know, it's the most populous nation in the world. Three quarters of the country are watching. You, You do the maths. There's sort of 800 million people probably tuning in. So this is the hottest ticket in town. Virat Kohli wandered out about two minutes ago and the crowd, they just lost it. Like, they absolutely lost it. Everyone's cheering his name. He's just doing run-throughs in front of me. The great Shubman Gill here of the beautiful cover drive is about two metres away, just practising his work. It's extraordinary the support these fellas have. Jasper Boomer is just marking out his run-up. So watching the cricket last night, every ad, I don't mean every second ad, every ad features an Indian cricketer, whether it's tyres or tic-tacs or aeroplanes or cars or credit cards. It's Villarat, it's Rohit, it's Jasper Brummer, it's KL Rahul. These guys are absolutely everywhere. They're staying in the hotel. So trying to leave the hotel today, there are layer upon layer of security. I only realised this when I arrived on my hotel floor and there was a couple of blokes with some rather large-looking military equipment is the best way of describing it. So the Indians are staying in the hotel, as are the Sri Lankans. So talking to a couple of people here just to get an idea. So the hotel was booked out a year and a half ago because Indian supporters know at the Trident that's where the team stays. So they book in a year and a half in advance so they can get the opportunity to meet one of the heroes. I went for a bit of a stroll last night, and as I got back, you heard me at the Maidan, as I got back... Rowett was going out to do something and it was like, how can I describe it? He was coming out of the lifts and it was like the Rolling Stones, New 2, Taylor Swift, Barack Obama and David Beckham had just got off a bus all together. Like, it was mayhem, mayhem. Everyone's got their phones out, just wanted to get one little snap of their heroes. So that, that's to set up how, how big these guys are in this part of the world. The pitch... I'll give it my best, Tony Gregg. I wander over to the pitch now. So the pitch, apparently the surrounding areas here in Mumbai have got very red dirt. So they, they truck that in here to the Wanketi. So it's like, a, it's like a clay colour. And when you touch it, hang on, hang on. I'll just jump over the rope. The umpires are cool. Hang on. I'll just rub my hands on it. It's, it's almost crumbly to touch. This is real cricket nerd stuff. I get that. 
but it, it's it's a really dull red colour, almost like when you go to the north of Australia or we're crossing the Nullarbor and you get that really red colour. That's what the pitch is like. The commentary team today is the big dogs. The big dogs. Uh, Ricky Ponting, who I'm really looking forward to commentating with. Rick's here. I haven't commentated with Rick for five years since the Big Bash at Channel 10. Ravi Shastri is here. Dinesh Kartik. Sanjay Mandrake. I like the, the big the big guns are here. Natalie is here as well. So to get this opportunity is a massive privilege. One slight snafu that my wife will shake her head at. As I was leaving Kolkata, I accidentally, after all that magnificent work the tailors did, I left a suit in the hotel. I didn't realise until I got a call in Mumbai from Lisa, who organised this whole show, saying, oh, the tailors are coming back. Our man Dev... And Imran, you remember earlier on, they've readjusted some shirts for you. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, I've left my suit in Kolkata. So I had to ring Lisa, who's a superwoman. Hey, who you need on these events? She just keeps everything going. So today they couldn't get a suit. So I'm wearing my jeans, but I didn't have a belt. And so I had to ask the great RT Ponting if he had a spare belt, which he did. But it's, I don't know what he wears it for. It's like a white disco belt. So I've got blue jeans on and a white disco belt. My pants are staying up. So pre-game, you don't really have to do a great deal. I'm not hosting the coverage today, which I had to do the other day. I've just got to do a couple of interviews. So I'll be speaking to Ashwin, the big, tall, spinning sensation from India, and Mahala J. Wardner, the legend of uh, Sri Lankan cricket, who's here as an assistant and a consultant for the Sri Lankan team as far as coaching goes. So basically, just have to have a chat with them and then get up in the commentary box, soak it in, crowd starting to fire up because Virat's just picked up the bat and he's playing a couple of sumptuous cover drives. Uh, acknowledging the crowd at the moment, which they absolutely love. So I've said enough. It is India taking on Sri Lanka. Uh, three quarters of the country are watching in various different languages. Uh, Hindi will be the most watched coverage today, which is well and truly outside my area expertise. So I'll just try and get the English covered. And yeah, the middle of the Wanketi Stadium. If you love cricket, you'll understand how pumped I am to be out here at the moment. Let's go and see how we go. Ashwin, we appreciate your time. Great to see you. Firstly, 2011, a World Cup final here that you played in, that you won against Sri Lanka. What's it like to come back into this magnificent stadium? Look, I think it's always wonderful to play at the Vankiri Stadium. There's, uh, there's something about the place. OK, I'm now in the back of the commentary box. So it's the size of your lounge room. It's bigger than where we were in Kolkata at Eden Gardens. And I'm going to walk up behind Nick. Nick is producing the show. So his is the next voice you will hear. I'm just trying to explain to you how many people are involved in putting a broadcast to air. So I'll try and explain as he goes the role of Nick, the producer. So stand by Athers and Ricky. Stand by Athers and Ricky. Are you, uh, and Aaron, do you know if they want to use the pitch map? Yeah. So where's it coming from? Silver. So that's Nick, the producer. So he's running the show. So you'll hear that they're talking about throwing out to Ricky and Athos. So they're ready to do the pitch report while the hosts are currently talking at the moment and running through the teams. Well, it's great, 
So obviously they've gone out in the middle now, so Nick will be starting to think about what's happening next. Next up for you is going to be reactions off the back of the uh, reactions off the back of the Surya Kumar Yadav feature, which is handy because they're batting. So everything he is saying, the host is hearing in their ear, which is a skill you've got to develop to be able to talk while someone's talking to you. Joe, how far off are we actually? About a minute? Almost a minute. Aaron, just to say, let's go with the short version. Short version, short version, please, Anil. Short version, Chetan. So Joe is the DA. She keeps an eye on the time. So all this has to finish at a certain time. So Aaron is a statistician scorer. He's a part producer as well. They're talking about a, a tape package that they had a long version of, but that's too long. So he's now calling for the short version. So the host will know it's now going to be the short tape so we don't run into the start of the game. So as you can hear, there's a fair bit goes on. So that's, again, Nick telling Athers, Michael Atherton, that he has to throw to the package now. So when Ricky stops speaking, Athers will then throw to the package coming up. Now, a package is a pre-recorded story about Surakaya Yadav, one of the batsmen from India today. So here he goes. Pitch is an excellent pitch for batting. Mr. 360 himself, Surya Kumar Yadav. So Athos is thrown, then Nick's well done, giving him a pump up. Clear, clear, clear of pitch report. PD, clear in the middle. And that's sort of the way a show is produced. I'll try and get you the director at some stage who's cutting the cameras, but that's the role of the producer in a game of cricket. So I was fortunate enough to sit in for the first four overs of the innings with India bowling to Sri Lanka. And I've never seen anything like it all my time of cricket commentary. Four for seven off four overs, wickets, appeals. The atmosphere here at the Wang Hedi was just like nothing I've ever experienced. And the man beside me is a superstar of Indian cricket. He's played all three formats. His name is Dinesh Kartik, DK, the first time we've commentated together. What did you make of that four overs, mate? Oh, it was breathtaking, isn't it? We're bathed in a sea of blue because A, it's Mumbai, B, there is plenty of people wearing Indian shirts and most importantly, we're celebrating UNICEF and, you know, helping women empowerment. So everything is about the blues and the bowling performance also was phenomenal. And most importantly, you know, when I was just sharing that space with you, I think you first, first of all, did a great job in calling those. Those big you, moments. Thank but more, but what was great was it wasn't one-day cricket at that stage. It felt like test cricket, didn't yeah. it? Ball was moving, ball was singing, and high-quality bowling backed up with some high-quality dismissals in terms of batters not making too many mistakes. But boy, some of the balls that they bowled were top-notch, great to watch. Just feel, And just going through those moments with uh, you and Atherton are there, just felt very surreal. And also watching this match from an Indian point of view is like, 
they are doing so well right now yeah. i just hope this keeps continuing <laughs> that's what you feel oh, i was at the maidan yesterday i told you and i talked about it on the show about just the, the, the hundreds of games of cricket going on and to, to play cricket for australia is the top but to play cricket for india it with the amount of competition it's like climbing mount everest you achieve that like what does it mean to be an indian cricketer in a nation that is truly obsessed with the game i i think you know it's it's hard to put into words because from day one you're always trying to play for the country my aim was to just try and play one game for india and then i got greedy and wanted to play more wanted to play more and that's how the journey was but more importantly if the maidan is a great example you get there there's about 15 matches happening one one grounds fine leg is another grounds uh, covers fielder so you know you go through those kind of uh, things and you watch all those visuals and you're thinking wow the number of people who are obsessed with cricket in cricket india in india cricket is not a sport it is a religion people yeah. love it i mean you can be a cricketer they'll revere you they'll take care of you and all i can say is i'm very grateful to have played for this country to be born in this country and represent 1 billion indians across the world in a sport which is loved in india i must admit there is uh, you know any part of the world we play the crowds are always coming in big numbers and supporting us we are very privileged as i said the two big things in india which sells really well and which is enjoyed by people across different strata of society is a cricket b bollywood you know they love their movies as well they love their cricket and uh, you know cricketers over a period of time have been very lucky and uh, as i said we've been very privileged to play this sport other sports these days are picking up but you have to say cricket is still loved by a lot more people uh, you know across uh, mm. different parts of society as well we mentioned in commentary i was asking you about virat kohli and how you've seen he lives his life and i was relating to you that you know our hotel that you're staying as well the indian team is staying there and j- just the the madness the pandemonium pandemonium to try and we're talking about indian legends sunil gavaskar has just walked into the side where we're having a chat here the, 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 the how do you deal with day in day out but when you're playing for india i presume you can't go out for dinner you can't leave the hotel it, it's i don't think people in australia would understand the level of excitement just to get a photo of you guys look i think when you become an indian cricketer somewhere you have to let go of your privacy especially in public places it's not going to happen you got to accept it if you're trying to fight that then it can be a really hard and arduous journey you got to embrace it you got to realize that people want your time because they really love you know you know being there and sharing that same space with you so I have to say that if you are a cricketer or a bollywood actor and you've done really well you have to make sure you're okay with people around you a lot of the times mm. outside you it's very hard to go to normal restaurants do normal things that other people do it is not normal in india you know for a lot of the people and uh, i guess for me i've always enjoyed it and i feel it's a, it's a blessing because you know to be liked and cared and to be a uh, to be in many ways taken care of in a lot of the places is great yes at times very early in the morning when i'm trying to take a flight and you know people <laughs> obviously ask me for autographs it can be hard at times but must say a lot of the cricketers deal with it in a nice way they understand that with this sense of love and affection is a certain place of privilege as well and you need to treat that with responsibility DK, it was a thrill and a privilege to be in you, there with you for those four overs. I know I gave you a bit of a fright that first while. I got a little bit too excited. But, um, I mean, this is the lowest I've heard you speak in the <laughs> yeah, last I, half an hour. But I brilliant. I enjoyed it. I don't think anybody could have called it better, though. That's true. Uh, you're a kind man. Good on you, mate. Well done. Thanks. So we're trying to leave the ground now. 
this is to show you what goes on in India. Ricky and Michael Atherton are in the back, and there's people leaning in to get selfies of the two in the back. It's extraordinary. Sir, sir, sir. You need a photo with Ricky? Ricky's in the back. No, we want... Sir, we, India will win, sir. India? India, India, India and Australia are finalists. India and Australia. India and Australia are finalists. Well, you better be quick there, mate. Here we go. There you go, guys. Is India going to win? Oh, I've never seen anything like this. It's like we got Mick Jagger in the car. Just make sure that microphone can hear me, because I've just witnessed Mark Howard signing autographs. <laughs> Ricky. Out the front window. Uh, no, we cut that bit off. <laughs> hey, buddy. Ricky, come, come, come. Ricky, let's come. Friday the 3rd of November, 1.54pm. It's time to leave Mumbai and head to Ahmedabad. Kesa Hall. Best I'd like to check out. No, that's the only Hindi I can speak so far. I'm learning one word every day. Kesa Hall and Chokrai. It's a good start. Now, I'd like to check out. Thank you, sir. Did you watch the game last night? Yes, yes, of course. Oh, quite interesting. It was a bit one-sided, wasn't it? Yes, of course. I'm really... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's getting declined. But try again. Mm-hmm. Might have run out of money. <laughs> I hope not. That would be a disappointing result at this stage of the trip. Yeah, Decline. Yes. Better try a different card then. Don't know what's going on there. Good man. Yeah, our credit cards decline here, Guru. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Might have been spending too much on that room service. Incorrect pin. Incorrect pin. Maybe you're using that pin? No, it's the same pin. Let me uh, do it manually then. Okay. I'm paying cash if you want. Come on. Yeah. Ah, that one worked. Phew. I don't have to go home. <laughs> Thank you, mate. It would have been a disaster. Thanks for looking after me. Yeah. See you, mate. Yes, so I managed to get out of the hotel with the credit card sorted on the way to the airport now with the man that was the star of this show unwittingly yesterday as he was leaving <laughs> the uh, whole arrangement in Mumbai. First journey of the Howie Games back in 2017 in January. So he helped establish the show as we go to the airport, uh, Punt, that was extraordinary scenes as you were trying to <laughs> leave the ground last night. It normally is. So you can imagine what it's like for the players, those oh. Indian players trying to get out. Well, how long did it take us to get out the front gate? 10 or 15 minutes, yep. probably. Yep. Pushing through the crowd. And the guys that are supposed to be helping you get out <laughs> are the ones that are holding you up the most. That's the police. What, that's what got me. When the police started taking selfies with you, that was the slowing down of the system. And it's hard to say no when they've got their big nightsticks out as well, isn't it? You can't really say no, bugger off, mate, in case they give you one round the back of the legs. They had some decent <laughs> decent weaponry on them. Mate, what, how, how old were you when you first came to India? 15, I reckon. 15? Cricket Academy. I went to the Cricket Academy straight out of year 10, um, and our overseas tour for the year was to Sri Lanka and India. Actually, to, to Sri Lanka, but I think Sri Lanka got... The Sri Lanka league got washed out, so we ended up flying from Sri Lanka to India to play some games here. And so I was... Can you remember having... I've, I've talked on the show about the pitches and over the Maidan there where there's just 10 leg spinners in every net. Can you remember the first time you saw the pitches and the spinners? 
And I wasn't very good at playing them. I wasn't very good even when I finished playing international cricket. Playing spin either. It was a little. It was a little bit foreign to me actually. Like growing up in Tassie and you know playing all your junior cricket on astroturf, where you didn't have to worry about the ball spinning too much. It was more worried about bouncing over your head than, than turning. And then rocking up here and, and playing on those sort of wickets was a bit of an eye opener. But it was it was an awesome awesome tour. We had Gilly and McGrath and those sort of guys. I think on that tour as well. So it was. It's pretty cool. How many IPLs have you done as a player and a coach? Like, India in the last probably 12 years has become a big part of your cricket journey, I guess. I reckon I, I must have been to India, I don't know, 30 or wow. 30 odd, 40 times maybe. It's, it's most it's most years and more than once a year, I reckon, I've been here since, you know, almost the age of 15. So when you think of it that way, I have I have been here a lot. It's probably, what's I'm going into my fifth or sixth year coaching at Delhi. I had two years coaching at Mumbai. Uh, I played at Mumbai for a season, played at Calcutta, so... Yeah, it's yeah, it's ten years worth, I guess, of, of of IPL. I think we're we're into probably the fourteenth or fifteenth year of IPL, so I haven't missed too many of them, and 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 hopefully I can have a few more because, as you know, you got a bit of a taste of it last year. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool to be involved in. It's a you know an amazing tournament. Um, you know, you got all the best players in the world here at once. But the thing that I like most about it, with the, on the coaching side of things, is it actually brings me back as close as I can get to playing the game again. You know, like it's you're back in a change rooms. You know, you're in that team environment. You're in a competitive environment you know I'm coaching against some guys I played against but also coaching against other coaches that I played against and I want to beat the shit out of them every time I play so every time I coach so um you know it's it's a really strange thing how like when you do what we do for so long so I said I come here as a 15 year old so I was pretty much professional cricketer from the age of 15 to you know 38 or 39 and every day you get up and you go to training or you go to the gym or you play a game whatever you're doing you're competing flat out like everything in your day is competition and then when you retire it, it just stops it stops there and then there's no competition left in your life so it's a void it's a huge void I reckon and it's something that, that I reckon all international well, all sportsmen have to be ready for so you know I was well and truly done by the time I retired but I, I had a, I think I had about six months off from when I retired and I remember sitting at home on the couch in the middle of winter and dropped the kids to school and got back home and I said to Rana, I said, I, I need to go, I've got to get a job. Oh, rang, I rang my manager and hand us, hey, mate, you got to find me a job here, I'm going mad because <laughs> I was just used to having everything. Yeah, you, know, you just get used to being told where you got to be and when you got to be there and, you, yep. and, you, and you're pretty busy and then to have that, as you say, that void and not being able to fill it was difficult. So then it was, you know, into the commentary box with you at you know, in the in the ten days, and then the, the competition stuff came back through the coaching at, at uh, over here at the IPL. I'll get to commentary with you. You won a you won a title as coach at Mumbai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What 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 is the what surrounds a title win in the IPL for you? The level of celebration, celebrity gifts. Well, what does it mean to win an IPL title? It was as big a moment I've, I've had in my career. Was it really? Absolutely. Because I wasn't playing. You know, I was in charge of it. It's when you, the, the difference between being a player and a coach is when you're out there playing, you know you can do something to have an impact on the game. Whether you're batting or whether I'm in the field, that's the way I always looked at it. You know, if I was batting, I knew I had a chance to, to influence the outcome. Yep. When I was in the field, I knew I had you know the ability to, to influence the outcome of the game. As a coach, you just hope what you're saying and what you're doing with your team is enough to make them mm. influence the game. And, some, and you're, you're helpless. Once the game starts, you're sitting back and you're, you're hoping that the, your boys can do it for you. So... And it's not an easy tournament to win. You know, I think Mumbai hadn't won it um, much before I got there. We, we won the year that I went there as captain. Then I, I had a year off in between and went back and, and coached the next year. And we won the first year there as as coach. Um, and, at, yeah, look, it was, as, it was, I was as happy then as I've probably been on a, on a cricket field. It's extraordinary, really, with, with everything you've done. When you came on the show the first time, 
which to be fair, I hadn't seen a side of you. You were telling me about young bloke Fletch and you were relating a medical incident early in his life and obviously as a dad, the effect that it had on you. But I was asking you last night in between breaks and commentary whether the family comes over and you, you just told me a couple of stories about your young bloke and his involvement in the IPL. Oi pretty much was pushing for a Delhi Capitals contract last year. <laughs> he trained more than... How, how old is he? He's just turned nine. Right. Um, he trained more than everybody else. He hit more balls than everyone else. He was the first one out training. He was the last one to leave. Uh, I don't think he attended any team meetings, but he was he was hanging out in the team room with the boys, you know, playing table tennis and eight ball with them and on the FIFA, you know, slide tackling all the boys on the computer game. Um, and, and arriving at the ground with his kit? Well, he put his own bag. He bring his he's bring his cricket bag down out of the hotel room. And just basically walk it over to the bus, drop it on the ground like all the like you know like all the big boys do. Just drop it on the ground. He expect someone else to put it on the bus for him. He'd have his full Delhi Capitals kit on with his hat, sit next to me on the bus. He'd get off and then he'd, he'd grab his kit and walk it out into the middle of uh, of the cotler and throw his bag next to the nets and put his gear on and away we go for half an hour while the boys are, while the boys are warming up. So. Look, he, it, it's actually, it's, it's unbelievable for a kid. Like, he, he until the, the couple of years that we came over here during COVID, he hadn't really been into cricket. I mean, he was probably six and seven, so, you know, it was probably a bit early for him anyway, but he hadn't really, you know, he doesn't, I don't think he had much of an idea of what his dad had done or whatever else, but, and he hadn't really shown, like, he loved golf, loved footy, you know, played tennis, all that sort of stuff, but, but hadn't really shown much interest in cricket. But to get here and hang around in the team environment with the boys. You know, Mitch Marsh was his best mate and we had a Kiwi guy called Tim Seaford who looked after him like his own son. And then he has turned into the biggest biggest cricket tragic just on the back of being able to hang out with a few of his heroes and, and hang out with a team that it's but it's not funny. I mean, I've, I've just got off the phone. I've just watched his whole, not watched, but like ball by ball, his whole under-13 um, cricket game on, on the phone today. Now I can relate to this. So were you watching it statistically? Uh, you know the scorecard thing so yeah, you've got the, you got the ball by ball stuff so how because I've done this I was in the airport last week and it, it broke down to me and my wife would whatsapp me every five minutes and I was terrified that text was going to say he's now out so <laughs> how do you go how do you go watching him oh, in a digital sense yeah well I was sitting there having my lunch and he so he's as you know, with the under 13s, it's big boys cricket for yeah. you now. So, so you can get out, you get out, out, you're out. Yep. So you, you know the same, right? So yep. you're sitting there looking at it, just it, hoping I, when that red when that red one comes up, it's not your son's name <laughs> next to it. You just want the retired. He got through the first lot, batted at six today. He got through his first lot retired. So he got red ink, red ink, and then he got a chance to go back in at the end. Actually, and he ended. I think he ended up 18 not out off 23 balls or something, but with three fours or something. So he'll be. Do you get anxious? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I watched, I watched a couple of overs. Like I was in the gym, I was, I was on the treadmill, running on the treadmill with my phone set up, watching him, his first couple of overs as well, ball by ball. I watched those, and then went back to the room and watched, watched him bat. So he, he went down by. He was not out in his second hit, and I think he faced the lad. They needed about sixteen to win off the last over, and he was. I think he faced the last over and didn't get his team across the line. So you'll be a bit annoyed about that. Well, I was in the gym doing exactly the same thing, and my young fellow who's eleven. Um, and this is, I was going to ask you about being away from your family. He got his first 50 today. Did he? And I was watching it unfold and I was so happy for him, but so, I found it hard that I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. How do you go with that? It's funny because I, I video, I had a video call with him after school today just to talk to him about what he wanted, what he should do and how he should play and the things he needs to work on, whatever else. And I'm, I'm, when, I'm at, when I'm at home, I'm literally there to help. We've got a, so he's playing under 11s. 
on a Saturday morning and under-13s on a Friday night. Yep. And so his first introduction into team cricket was under-11s last year, and we've got... But you can't get out in under-11s. No, no, that's that's right time to go. I think he can slog as much as he wants in, the, in that, trying to as many boundaries as Don't worry about the averages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had a great little group. Like, there's probably four or five dads that were there every training session, every game, and, um, you know, they have a beer and a barbie at the end of every training session and on a, on a Wednesday night and... Um, <laughs> Just set just an unbelievable environment for these kids, and it was the first year that all of them had played. And and watching them at the start, I went remember watching going to their first ever net session. I thought, oh my god, like they couldn't get it down, they couldn't land the ball in the nets. And by the end of the season, they went through the season undefeated. They improved they, quicker. They lost their first game, and they didn't lose another game for their whole season. Wow. Of, of under, it was unbelievable. So we got this really good little group, and then you know four kids out of that under eleven team have moved up to play together in under thirteens together this year, and they're and they're going along well. But it's. Yeah, you do. You, you notice it today. You want to be there for those yeah. little things that happen. Like, so his first ever 50, it'd be nice to be able to be there for that. But, yeah. Well, I said to you last night that um, three weeks ago I got to play with my son for the first time. We opened the batting together and what it meant for me as a dad and the hour I spent with him batting was something I'll reflect on. And I said to you, when your young bloke first gets... It's different in the country. You know, you know it's like country cricket. If They pick the kids. Mm. It's a bit different in the yep. city setup. But can you see a time where you go back and play a game of cricket with him? Absolutely. Yeah. It might be better than winning a title I'm, in Mumbai. I might need a wheelchair to get between the wickets, I reckon. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's only nine and, right. I, and I'm 48. So by the time he's getting around to that competitive side, like right. I, you know, I'll, I'll have to... I mean, he... Yeah, absolutely, and, and I, I was lucky. I don't know if I told you this story before with on the on the podcast earlier, but my dad did the same thing for me. So when, we, when I, you know, I played all my junior cricket, and then I ended up. I think I was thirteen, or thirteen or something, and when I played my like when I wanted to get into playing great cricket, so I played. I think I was thirteen, playing third grade at Mowbray, my cricket club, and Dad hadn't played for God twenty years probably, and Dad was a pretty good cricketer. Played, you know, played A grade cricket at Mowbray and stuff, my home club, and opened the batting and stuff, and that. And he, he said, okay, if you're going to play, I'll come and play with you. I'll come and look after you and help you out. And, and we played a whole season together of third oh, grade. Oh, yeah. Did you bat with him? Batted with him a few times, yeah. Um, and he ended up, he ended up, he won the association leading run scorer and all this. And I was, a, you know, I was only, I was this big, I couldn't hit the ball off the square. But to play with, to play with him was, was awesome. I mean, that, so I played the whole year of third grade. And as I was, like, I was tiny. Like, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that big now. So imagine how big I was as a 13 year old. And then we get... We get to the grand final that year. The third grade teams have missed out. Um, the A grade team had made the final, and the second grade team had made the final. And for some for some reason, the second second grade were short a player going into the grand final, and they called me up to play in the second grade grand final. How old are you? Thirteen, right? <laughs> I batted. I batted it like. And this is what you talk about. So you talk about country cricket. Yeah. So my club were looking after me like you get look, looked after in the country. Like they they thought I'd be okay. I might be able to handle myself, but I. I'm playing against grown men, like, and a lot of them, are the, you know, the, you get to the mid 30s and you're not quite good enough for a game, but you drop back and start your club and play. So these are old, hardened, yes. great cricketers. Tough. Northern Tasmania, right? <laughs> so I'm batting at like eight or nine in the second grade grand final. Could not hit the ball off the square. <laughs> anyway, I batted for about two and a half hours, <laughs> and I managed. I got th- I got thirty in, the, in this in this second grade grand final, and literally every ball was just a drop and single down there, or I'd run, <laughs> I'd tuck one down the final and get it. I could not. I didn't hit a four. <laughs> But I batted for about two and a half hours with another club legend guy called um, Roscoe Clark. He got seventy or eighty, and we ended up going on to win the second grade grand final. So that was that was my first year of great cricket. But dad, yeah, dad sheltered me through that first year, and I'd imagine he'd say that's probably one of the greatest great yeah. things that's happened in his life. But 
don't worry, your boy will be saying it about you. He'll be saying, you, you're saying it's one of the great things you've done. Yeah, it is. He'll be saying, he'll be saying it as well. It's one of the great, best things that's well, happened. I hope so. Well, mate, we batted together for, you know, an hour and a bit um, and about six overs in when, you know, they'd started bouncing him at this stage because they couldn't get him out. And, and I'm just, you know, I've told you this before, Ricky, I can't still hit the ball off the square now. My wagon wheel's all behind square. And there's a bloke at first slip and he, he says to me in front of all his teammates, mate, I thought you were a boring commentator, but you're an even more boring batsman. <laughs> and my young bloke up the other end starts laughing. I was like, Where, where's your support? And, uh, mate, talking about commentary, um, we did the first game of Big Bash on Channel 10 together. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know we've talked about this. It was the first time you'd really done cricket commentary, and it was certainly the first time I'd done cricket commentary. Um, and then we spent five years together, and then we commentated again for the first time last night for five years, because obviously yeah. you went on enormous dollars to Channel 7, and um, Gilly went enormous dollars to Fox, and I just followed Gilly in that particular situation. But On the same money on a longer-term deal. <laughs> I don't know about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Longer-term deal? <laughs> well, longer-term deal. Longer-term deal, yeah. It's probably a little bit more security there. <laughs> but, mate, you've become... It's an opinion business, but you've become, in most people's eyes, the preeminent cricket expert special comments man mm. in the world is it been a journey of hard work or has it just been you know the game so well and you've learned to enunciate those thoughts how do you oh that? it's a bit it's a bit of both i mean i think you know i've never been a natural speaker natural talker like i'm i'm a observer I sit back and watch and you know you probably notice that with my commentary as well it's not i don't mm. talk all the time but i'll sit back and try and think about what people might find interesting and find a bit different and, and be a bit more sort of analytical that way. That's why I've never done much of the lead stuff. You know, I'd yep. rather sit back and try and analyse and make a, a really pertinent point rather than... I'm not saying that leads don't do that, but um, you know, I'd rather just have that time to just to give myself a few seconds here and there to think about what people might see as being a bit different and a bit interesting. And, and to, be, mate, I, to be honest, I wouldn't have a clue if I'm good at it or not because I, I, don't, I don't listen to it, I don't read anything, I don't hear anything. Uh, you hear bits and pieces about, oh, I love your commentary or whatever, but you know, it's up to everyone else to talk about if I'm any good or, or not. So and no social media for you? I, I, I have got social media, but I'm not... I'm not You're not reviewing it? <laughs> not, no. Sure, it's interesting. I've discussed on this show how it can affect you. Well, but yeah, I bet, yeah. Um... So look, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is hard work. If you want to do it well, you need to be prepared, right? You got you got to get the work done, and you've, you've seen me dip, sit down with a notepad and write some things down. Yep. Look at things that might be interesting, and look at matchups and things like that that, that people might find interesting as well. Because there's a lot, you know, obviously, especially with the, the shorter forms of the game. I reckon there's a lot more that involved in the game than people probably think. You know, when you look at matchups and strike rates, and you know how certain batsmen go against certain bowler, bowler types and certain phases of play and things like that, which doesn't always get spoken about but they're the little things that I like to be able to pick out and talk about so um, preparation's one thing but the more you do it the just the better you get at it and I'm sure you'd agree with that having what is it now seven or eight years ago you hadn't done a game and yeah. you, know, you, know, you know now you, you can walk into any commentary box cricket commentary box in the world and, and, and nail it so it's 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 a bit of both in it I reckon if you you can get by and be okay 
pointless though, isn't it? Without doing the work. Yeah. If you want to be any good, it's like anything you do. You know, if, you, if you want to be any good at it, you, gotta, you do the hard yards and then it, it gets easier and easier for you. On your, It's very different for you because you've come from being one of the greatest cricketers the world's ever seen. I, I was discussing on the show before my first game, there was four commentators I hadn't met before and I was going in with a bit of trepidation because you're like, well, you haven't played the game and you know that's not your role, but you know, it's Waka, Yunus, Ramiz, Raja and Ravi and you don't know them. Have you ever walked into a box and sat beside someone and thought, I've got to be sharp here, or due to your ability on the cricket field, that doesn't enter your mind? Uh, no. Every time I walk in there, I want to be sharp. Yeah, it doesn't matter who I'm sitting next to, if I know them or if I don't know them. You know, if I'm, it's right. It's obviously easier if you're comfortable with someone as well. Like, you know, even just sitting back in there with you last night, you, you, you know, you're comfortable. You, you, yeah. can, you know, you can bounce back and forward things back, and you know, you know what you know what you can and can't say, and how you can say it to people if, if you know them. But if you don't, you're obviously a bit more a bit more guarded. So I've. I don't take anything for granted like that, you know. It took me a little while, to, even when I did my work with Sky, you know, to get, I played a lot against NASA, played a bit against Athers and, and Ian Ward and those guys, played against them all, but didn't know them really well. So I'm not going in there and acting the same way I would with you, with, it, with them straight away. Yeah. So, you know, you get to, get to know people before you can um, start to communicate well with them, which I think is a, it's the same in the captaincy, I reckon. You, can't, you know, you're never gonna, you don't get the best out of your players until you understand their personalities and their traits and what makes them ticks, and it's the same in the commentary box. With the... Couple more for you. With the with this whole franchise situation that you and I are heavily involved with, oh, before I went to the IPL, mate, I thought there's no way franchise cricket's going to take over playing for your country. And then I did the first the game I did with Mumbai playing, and I saw I knew what Cameron Green was getting paid, but I saw the way he was treated, and the way he was loved, and the way he was respected, and he was performing with bat and ball, and what how they viewed him within that franchise it was the first time I thought you know what I, I can see how this can become franchise of a country like a, a, a Premier League football model can you see it going that way because you are you are in that model now yeah, up until the last couple of years I was hopeful that it wouldn't happen yep. but I think I've just seen enough I reckon with a bit of demise I reckon with certain countries at international level that I think is probably imminent that it will, it will happen you know even even with this Major League Cricket thing happening in the in the US, you know, there are just these domestic comps popping up all over the place now, which most of these teams in these comps are going to be owned by the IPL franchises. Yeah. I mean, there's been talk for two or three years, hasn't there, about, you know, franchises basically owning players for the 12 months and then releasing them to go and play international cricket, things like that. So um, you play for the you play for Mumbai in the Caribbean, in India, in South Africa yeah. and the Emirates. Yep. Yeah. And when the when the, you know the when there's International cricket doesn't clash with any of those, then you go and play that. I mean, yeah. there's there's been certain guys that have been talked about. Some someone like a Joffrey Archer, and, you know, even someone like Josh Butler was talked about being linked to these franchises and, and not playing much international cricket. But you know, it's uh, just because there's there's so much money out there now for for these types of players. And when you think about you know what the West Indies are going through with international payments, you you think about what Sri Lankans and um, Bangladesh, or what they're getting paid to pay for their country, yeah, even New Zealanders to a certain degree. You know, it's interesting. Trent Bolt doesn't have a you know a New Zealand contract anymore. Knocks that back so he can play yep. other leagues, but still be available at the right time to play a World Cup like now or play the big Test series that they have. I think that's the thing that will start to happen a little bit more. So I, I was never, I was never that fearful until the last couple of years, and I've, I've sort of seen where the West Indies have got to. I was really worried about South Africa's cricket last year when they came to Australia. That that Test team they sent to Australia last year, I looked yeah. at that and I thought, wow, they're they're in trouble. But what they've been able to do in this World Cup suggests that they've probably still just got enough there, to certainly in the shorter formats. Um, yeah, but I'm more, I'm more worried now than, than ever about... Even about the 50-over game, to be honest. Um, 
you know, there've been a few good games in this World Cup. There've been a lot of very heavily one-sided games. One I mean, we saw last night. GP. Well, we still. I mean, I still love the game. I'm sure the players still love playing 50-over cricket as well. But um, it seems to me that's the one that everyone's sort of targeting. Is if there, if there's going to be something that's going to give, it's going to be the 50-over game that'll give to mm. sort of fit in with more uh, more of these domestic comps around the world. Finally. Obviously, I've discussed my suit issue and the fact that it's in a different city to where I was, and then it was revealed to me that you had a passport issue, so you and I have sort of let the side down a little bit, but you kind of lent me your belt yesterday, and it was like a white disco belt. Now, you're you're a man from Launceston, tough northern Tasmanian. I, I need to know what a man like that was doing with a white belt in his touring operation. Look, so you're... Trying to bag me after me looking up. No, you, were walking across, you were walking across <laughs> Wonketty Stadium yesterday with your jeans down around your knees and you've got the audacity to sit there and ask me about my, the colour of my belt. I just wanted to know how it snuck into the lace. Did you yeah, think you, you were thought, going to the disco here or you, not? You're going, to, you're going to commentate a World Cup game <laughs> at Wonketty under- Stadium <laughs> with a pair of thongs on and your jeans hanging around and, and you're asking me about the belt that I'd so kindly lent you. But wait, wait, what was it doing in your luggage? It goes more than my chinos. <laughs> How would it be viewed? If you walked in a Mowbray Career Club now with that white belt on, what do you think they would say? It goes with my chinos and my white sneakers, you know? Okay. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we'll actually think about that. I don't reckon you wouldn't say that. If I've got my chinos and I've got my shirt, I've got my shirt on tucked, haven't I? Yep. So you're not seeing them white belt anyway. It caused... A it's cup- a golf belt, actually. That's what it is. It's, it's a golf belt. One of the Indian cricketers who shall remain unnamed did mention to me what what is that belt you're wearing and I said it's Ricky Ponting. Oh right, yeah, right. <laughs> right, mate. You didn't the... say you didn't say I lent it to you to stop your <laughs> stop your trousers for No, I didn't say that, mate. Appreciate your time as always. We're on the way to arm to bat. Hopefully the Aussies get the job done over England. Well done. Well done. It's arm to bat at four forty, yes? 4.30. 4.30, is it? Okay, perfect. Any bags to check in? Just one bag, thanks. Thank you. How long is the flight to Ahmedabad? It's one hour, 30 minutes. One hour, 30. Beautiful. Thank you. Gate number 87. Lovely. Where are you taking this? Straight in the business class. Oh, I know, private area. business class? Oh, I, thought we, I thought we were in the business class. Oh. Maybe that's why it was 20 bucks a beer, mate. <laughs> Thank you. So we've been moved because it's, it's, I, I can't describe to you. I've been sitting with Hunter for 20 minutes waiting for our flight and he's taken 40 selfies and one bloke came back for a second selfie and said, oh, sorry, this camera's got bigger, better megapixels on it. So he came back for a second one. So Rick's patience, like he smiles at everyone, he says hello to everyone. But it is non-stop. It is non-stop. Here we go. Did you get a photo with Ricky? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Fan. Awesome. Big fan. Big fan. Right, eh? Righty-o. I reckon that's a pretty natural spot to finish episode three. Thanks for tuning in. I'm sitting on a flight to Ahmedabad as I record this. On that topic of tuning in, 
the response has been great. As I said right at the start, I was a little bit uncomfortable with thank you for all the messages to Mark Howard 03 on social media saying that you've enjoyed it and there's been a lot of downloads, which is great. So we are going to try and speed up the process. There'll now be an episode pretty much every day moving forward for the next four or five days as we really try and bring you up to date with where the tournament is. There's been a lot of recording done. Again, not results, but real behind-the-scenes stuff. A few takeaways from this episode. One, I've been privileged to call a lot of cricket in a lot of places, but that four overs when Sri Lanka got poleaxed by India, four for seven, and the noise and the crowd and how it was pulsating actually makes calling ball by ball really easy because there's so much energy around you. That is a four overs. That crowd, that's something I'll never forget. Point two... I thought I loved Ricky Ponting, but the love for the little man from Tasmania here with the hairy arms is extraordinary. I hope I conveyed how much love there is for him, how people just can't believe it when they see him. And that's the same at breakfast or getting into a car or arriving at a cricket ground or travelling through the airport. People just are gobsmacked that it's Ricky Ponting. Everybody wants a photo and he always gets photos with them. He's that type of customer. Uh, Next point, Howard and Ponting batting. Now that I say that, that is not a sentence that should ever go together, Howard and Ponting batting. That will never happen again. But the young blokes both survived in their separate games. Both got through and both got red inks, not out. So a couple of nervous fathers were very, very happy about that. As I said, on the way to Ahmedabad, Australia versus England will take you behind the scenes of that rivalry at the biggest cricket ground in the world where 110 plus thousand people can get in there on a full day and you will hear from a couple of former England captains as well Michael Vaughan and Michael Athert thanks to Das and Tommy who's got the little baby to look after both doing a fine job keeping this rolling thank you once again for tuning in until tomorrow with episode 4 of the Tour Diaries peace and love Thank you.